the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Interesting times, right? Uh, In my 25 years of doing this, I've never seen this fast of a quote-unquote recession being called, but also a market correction turning into a bear market. We haven't even hit one quarter of bad numbers yet, but we're about to. And that's kind of the way Wall Street's working right now. Now, yesterday was huge. Today looks like it should open well. Dow Jones Industrial Average surged 1,600 points yesterday, up 7.7%. We essentially saw some signs that data is showing maybe a softening of the cases being diagnosed, of people dying, of the bell curve being, quote-unquote, flattened. Maybe we saw some softening of it. The question is, do we see it rage back or do we see it taper off? There is going to be a big piece of economic data today in about an hour called the Jobs Opening and Labor Turnover Survey. I always forget the LTS stands for. I get the S, but uh, there's these surveys. There's this economic data that's released, and we're paying super close attention to it. And I think in the world of rock, scissors, paper of COVID versus unemployment, we're going to be paying a little bit more attention in the medium term and long term to unemployment numbers than we are to the short term COVID numbers, which may have peaked. And then we will suddenly lose interest as a Wall Street market. It's really interesting the way we just move on. Um, there's a lot of fear of getting sick right now. We're going to move from peak infection rates to what we're going to be looking at as peak unemployment rates. So they will not go hand in hand, nor does the you know economic damage that Wall Street reflects. Um, is it congruent in real time to what's happening in the economy? Now, it's a little dysfunctional. It looks a little bit in the future. Um because that's kind of where we are at this point in time. So we're going to talk about a lot of things today. So uh, don't be shy. You can always call the show 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um, when I was talking to CFP Chad Burton, we didn't have a lot of time to, to drop notes on each other. But I said, I should do the show. Um, do you want me to? And I said, just be push less fear and less greed, more approach. And he's like, yeah, that sounds about right. So that's where we are at this point in time. 800 516 each calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. The stock stories in of themselves, um, lots going on. ExxonMobil said it's cutting its 2020 CapEx. So they're not going to spend as much money spending looking for oil and gas. 
They're not going to buy the equipment that takes billions of dollars out of the economy, whether it's going into drilling or equipment or uh, people, whether it, it, it's not going, they're not going to find more oil by not drilling. So you can see how that's playing out. Oil's the big value right now, is it? Is it a value trap, though? A lot of people think oil could go to single digits. Uh, but Exxon's doing the right thing. When you have a budget that has billions of dollars of padding, or you need to go to the stock market or the bond market to either raise capital or raise cash, it's problematic. AT&T is in the news. They said they're going to incorporate the impact of coronavirus outbreak into its cash positions, into its balance sheets, into liquidity. That's another thing that really hasn't happened yet. Is where well, it's happening. But corporations are very slow to tell us what they know and don't know about coronavirus, probably because it's a very slow process. Kraft Heinz is a winner right now. Demand for food products that we can take home is a winner winner chicken dinner. Um, so grocery stores, if you've been in them, it's, they're pretty funny. No toilet paper still. Um, there's some tissue paper. So that's probably the close to second, right? Paper towels are still struggling. Flour. I was surprised to see flour still completely gone. So people are baking, and when people are baking, they're buying things that Kraft Heinz makes and throws on the shelves at um, supermarkets, grocery stores. They say, by the way, this is the wrong week to get grocery shopping. Say they they say this is the week to order in, and just avoid all people. I don't know whether that's me becoming a doctor or what. Um, please do not call me Dr. Rob because I'm a doctor of love. I'm not a doctor of medicine. So video games have been big in the news this week. Last week, the week before, we're hearing about record game playing online. We're hearing companies like Comcast say, yeah, the demand's huge, but we're doing a good job. Activision Blizzard and Take-Two are both rated overweight in new coverage at Wells Fargo. The firm is pointing to an overall secular growth trend in the industry as well as strength in franchises like Take-Two's Grand Theft Auto. NBA 2K, Activision has Candy Crush and Call of Duty. I know you're saying Candy Crush. Yeah, isn't that crazy that you can invest in companies that have games like that are more addictive than cigarettes? <laughs> yes, I did Candy Crush a couple of years ago. Yes, I did it late at night when I was trying to you know get the kids down kind of thing. But video games are doing well. And since it looks like school's not going back this year, um, kids end up school, elementary school, zero through sixth grade or whatever you want to say. They're talking end of May when you're hearing Gavin Newsom say, we don't know if we're going to be able to get the NFL ready for crowds by September. Kids aren't going back to school. So Activision Blizzard and Take Two have this kind of this, this parents will educate their kids sure parents will love their kids for sure but parents will also buy video games to shut their kids up and put in front of them so that they can like have some peace and quiet so that's happening so the video game industry is pretty well stacked up at this point in time we knew 2020 was going to be a bad year for the activision blizzards take two interactives i don't like electronic arts because they spend a lot of money on like licensing names like uh, madden but i digress um, these guys got hit in the stock market correction in the last 45 days, right? But they also are suffering from artificial demand. And what we were talking about in 2019 was, oh, there's a new Xbox coming in 2020, and there's a new um, PlayStation. 
There's probably some new Nintendo stuff, but I'm not that cutting edge. I can't tell you every product release in the kitty toy world of electronics. Um, so it was 2020 was supposed to be a good year for these guys in the sense that sales were supposed to stop. They weren't supposed to be spending a lot of money on developing new titles unless they were developing the new titles for the new launch of the new consoles. Wall Street already knows 2020 was supposed to stink, so it, it, Wall Street works six months in the future. January, February, March, we're in April now, so you go April, May, June, July, August, and you're hitting Christmas time. So <clears throat> there's something happening there. It's not bad. Boeing is temporarily suspending production of its 787 jets in South Carolina. This is a real economic shutdown, and we're going to see some real bad economic data. If you believe headline news, we should see the worst of the, the coronavirus in the United States for a while, this week or next week. That doesn't mean your community is not going to get hit. It doesn't mean someone you know, you know is going to die. But the headlines work that way. And then we're going to be looking at six months in the future. We're thinking elections and then Christmas. A um, lot going on. How are you doing? Do you need someone to talk to, someone to hold your hand? I'm a doctor of love, not a doctor of finance. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. I've been doing this a long time. We're getting through this. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm sitting in for CFP Chad Burton. I am Rob Black. Chad Burton and I have had a very long 20-plus year relationship with each other. At times, he and I don't like each other. At times, we don't agree. And that's pretty normal when it comes to life, right? When it comes to investing, it doesn't have to be as bad and as dysfunctional as it sounds. It's honestly, I do want you to take a break from all of this insanity at times because it can really start to wear on you. Yesterday, I was I, I take little notes and I write down headlines and just in case I include them in work the day after or in some sort of podcast or something. But some of the notes that I was taking, Kroger to introduce capacity limits in stores. United Airlines has continued to experience material decline. Walmart start limiting the number of customers in a store. Boeing uh, shuts down their Puget Sound production operations. Carnival um, is getting invested in by the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Do I like that? Do I dislike that? Um, Facebook is focusing Facebook antitrust investigations on classified advertising markets. Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers delays tomorrow's presidential primary to June 9th. You just hear this stuff again and again and again and again, and it gets really down. You can take a day off from the stuff. I know the markets marched higher yesterday, and the markets are marching higher today. To start, Fridays have been really bad here on Wall Street. The news, when you read it right now, even when you're trying to get away from Wuhan, China, you get drawn back into Wuhan, China, and the coronavirus. It's pretty surreal moments. I remember last year doing stories on things like Beyond Meat. And, you know, they were going to be growing wonderfully. It's a plant-based protein. It's a fun story. It's, you know, America's getting fatter, oompa loompas, heart surgery, diabetes. There's a lot of buzzwords there. Just awesome. Good things to, like, lead to it. Good areas of investing. But this year I have to go, you know, you need to be careful on that. Last year we had Beyond Meat where we're growing the concept. 
it's about 50% more than regular hamburger meat. And I've cooked it with spaghetti, and you can't tell the difference. I'm not a burger guy in the first place, so you would almost have to be a burger guy to give me a good comparison. Like, I didn't grow up going, ah, oh, flame-broiled hamburger is better than a grilled burger, and cheddar is better than, like, I, I'm not that guy. But Beyond Meat's going to be facing something this year where restaurants are closed. And for them to go beyond the grocery store 50% markup on the product, well, probably 100% markup and 50% on top of that, from the grocery store into you know much more price-sensitive restaurant. And the main price-sensitive, like, I'm not going to pay $20 for a hamburger. And the grocery, the restaurant is already charging you $15. They can't really get away with much, much more. So we knew the margins would be a little challenged. Now, that's not to tell you that Beyond Meat's not a great long-term play. But in the short time term, it met its nemesis. Restaurants closing. So... The news is going to be bad when you think about anyone who might be tied to that short-term need of sexy news flow. We've just introduced a new restaurant. We've just introduced Red Robin. We've just introduced – that's kind of where we were last year. So markets are poised to have a big open on top of yesterday's big gain. There's going to be winners. There's going to be losers. Right now, if you have anything in your portfolio, and I'll give you an example, beyond me. If you think the restaurant shutdown is going to be gone in a month, you don't have a lot to stress about. If you think it's going to be another three months, you got a little bit more to stress about. Because the company has a high valuation. It ran up. It was predicated on needing you know, sales for us to ignore the fact that they don't have earnings. Uber's marching back up three today, 13% jump. Lyft is up 16%. Wow. When you see that kind of move and the market's expected to be up 4%, 5%, you can see some areas that have really been hit hard. Zoom video communications, again, getting hit. When we went into lockdown in California, we basically said, kids don't need to go to school. We're going to homeschool them. Principals are like, What? And principals yell at the teachers, teachers yell at the teachers, and uh, everyone's trying to figure out how to get people to pay attention. The, the, the speed in which teachers have responded to learning on distance learning is amazing. Um, having kids in the, in the system and having my sister being a school teacher, it's, we've really ramped up something special that's going to last. And it doesn't have to completely fade away. How it gets incorporated in the future is the question mark. So Zoom is one of those stories where it's like a sexy story, Satak. And it has the rapid growth, not the earnings, the rapid growth. Zoom was a story last year. It was a play on COVID. Zoom was a story the year before. It's a play on cutting costs. Like Their video conferencing, for some reason, is, is steps ahead of what's out there by the for the consumer. It's not institutional grade, in my opinion, um, but it doesn't mean that it can't be. And it doesn't mean that it won't be fast. Um, not sure about their CEO. I saw the CEO of uh, Zoom all over TV yesterday basically said, yeah, we're, we're kind of got some security flaws and you know, there's ways we can deal with this and there's ways the consumer can use it better. And he didn't really push a lot of confidence to me. And that's okay. Or is it? Another business lesson. It's Rob Black sitting in for CFP Chad Burton. Is leadership counts. 
and success or failure starts at the top. There's a lot of things that we're learning in the stock market correction that I hope you take away from and apply to future stock market corrections or future stock market bull markets. Oil stocks have become a little disconnected, but they're tied towards world recessions. Recessions aren't the world's worst thing. We tend to get their own. There's no recession so far that has sent the stock market to zero. There's no recession so far that has sent us back to live in caves. When you go through them, it doesn't feel good. But you have to go through a couple of them. Then you go, oh, that's why you have an emergency fund. And that's why I want to invest when the market's at its lowest. Market was up 1,600 points yesterday. It's going to be up 800 points out of the gate. That's crazy. Now, I'm not going to complain because it's been a rough month of March, right? But you also don't want to go straight back up. Otherwise, it tells you the market was broken, that it should have seen that we were going to fix the problems or the problems would be fixed. Like You don't want that, in my opinion. But again, American Death yesterday reached 10,000. That's the headline that I got um, as the markets were closed yesterday. And there was a lot of pointing of fingers yesterday, like Prime Minister Boris Johnson's under ICU care, intensive care. And then the United States government delayed by two months. Otherwise, thousands don't have to die. But yesterday, my last email that I got on the on the market was 10,000 Americans have died. Guess what I got this morning? 11,000 Americans have died. So we need to go to that big uh, tote board. The Jerry Lewis telethon. How much? How many do we have? It's we're getting tote board speed. That's crazy. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm Rob Black sitting in for CFP. Chad Burton. Kind of want to talk you through these markets. I don't want us to be at all time highs in two months or three months. That's not the plan. I want us to be at all time highs in two to three years, maybe sooner. I want to see how much damage is done to the economy. I want to see how we come back from it. Like Disney is going to push Mulan in June, in July. Is that too soon? Let's talk about that when we come back. I'm Rob Black, sitting in for CFP, Chad Burton. Find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Seems like a long time ago since we were talking about silly things like keto diets and U.S.-China trade wars. That was so 1999, 2019, right? Year 2000 had Y2K. Some years we have high prices of oil. Some years we have low price of oil. Some years we have you know, tax cuts. We look at the deficit and we stress over the deficit. It, it kind of moves around on us. But there's always something negative. Every year I run into someone pointing a finger at me saying, like, blah, 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 blah. And it's, it's on the negative side. Like, this is why real estate's going to kick stocks' butt. But stocks kick real estate's butt. Always have, always will. If you want to use leverage in stocks, you can do the same thing in stocks to do with the real estate. Historically put, the New York Times have done some research in big cities, New York, Chicago, L.A., San Francisco, Boston, that they said if you put $10,000 down or $20,000 down on a home and you put that into the stock market and every year the amount of money that you're putting in property taxes and your mortgage, if you put that money in the stock market, 
you'd have over four times as much in the stock market as you did in the value of your home. I can show you the math, and you will go, that's tricky. I don't get it. I still like real estate because your dad's dad liked real estate or something along those lines. We don't fall too far from the branch. I can show you a company that's going to be in business the day I die. And as a corporation, they typically try to grow their earnings somewhere between 8 and 10%. And yeah, they do change with the times. And yeah, there's ups and down cycles. There's no doubt about that. I'd still, if you had to put a gun to my head, I'd rather own stocks, diversified stocks over diversified real estate. Constellations Brands is one of those companies that's in the news today. Why? In large part, the markets are moving higher, and we're trying to scramble and say, okay, where's our buy list? Because <laughs> one week ago, we're like, okay, where's our sell list? And we're doing everything we could to like figure out, okay, what's the weakest name in the portfolio? In up days, if you have a good portfolio manager, he might take, he might raise a little bit of capital. Someone got upset that Warren Buffett a couple months ago was buying Delta Airlines, and then recently we saw that he sold some Delta Airlines. It seems a little inconsistent. But a couple months ago, we were in an environment with strong jobs growth, and now we're in that may not happen for a long time. A lot like your relationships when you fight, a lot of damage is done quickly, and it takes time to recover. Um, that's kind of where we are right now. So I think you should have a shopping list of things you want to sell into strength. And maybe a shopping list of things you want to buy when things are crazy nuts bad. When you when you see a number that like yeah a month ago if, if it would have got here I would have bought it well you well there's your month. Constellation Brands is in the news today. They make booze. If there's one thing that I can tell you <laughs> about the current economic situation is that sins still exist, right? Um, Robert Mondavi, Clos de Bois, Miomi, Constellation Brands. Uh oh. Constellation Brands owns Corona. We're such a smart nation that we're not buying Corona, right? Right. We don't trust it. We don't want to put it in our beer in case the coronavirus has touched the Corona in the fridge. Modelo will be just fine. Um, but there is some damage done to it short term. But also Constellation Brands owns things like Svedka Vodka. You can make hand sanitizer with it, so I hear. And when you look back to 2015, you're looking at $6 billion in annual sales. Now, a couple years later, you're looking at $8 billion. Now, some of that's been done because they've been acquiring other companies. The company has plenty of cash. That's kind of important. One of the stories that we're not doing a really good job, Chad's doing a good job, but I find the content too boring to do a good job with, is corporate debt. If you don't look right now, you're making a little bit of a mistake. And the long-term debt of a company like a Constellation Brands is growing, but the revenues are growing as well. So you kind of look at that and go, eh, I don't know how much I like that. I'm sure you've gone through a phase in your life where your credit card debt has swelled a little bit too much and it doesn't feel good. You're like, I want to work that down. Same with corporations on occasion. It's nice to see them work it down. You got the cash flow to support it. You got the product to support the cash flow. Fine. But it still makes some people nervous. And sometimes it's where your opportunity lies. 
Stocks are surging today as social distancing measures appear to be flattening the curve and encouraging stabilization in the number of new COVID-19 cases. Hopefully, and this is fingers crossed, right, the virus continues near term to abate and we start coming down on the other side of the curve. Then we're going to shift. It's my car shifting sound effect in my head. We're going to shift into a different gear of how to restart the economy. The conversation's going to be different. That's when we're going to start talking about deficits again. That's when we're going to start talking about the downsides of stimulus. The record monetary and fiscal stimulus right now is stunning to say the least. Current economic reality seems like a result in less enthusiasm in stocks sooner than later. I gotta imagine that the stock market puts in some sideways. We had a great day yesterday, and a great day looks like it's shaping up for today. Um, but we still have to go through the period of the economic data hasn't even started getting bad. And then we have to go through the earnings data gets bad, and then it gets worse. And then you see analysts totally give up on something. And then you're looking for that little sprout of the analyst who has the courage to upgrade based on uptick in revenue or an uptick in earnings. Not, this is so cheap that we like it. Wells Fargo upgraded tower stocks, American Tower and SBA Communications. These are stocks that I owned at one point in time in the 90s because cell towers complement cell phones. Cell phones need fast cell service. Cell service is done through equipment put up on cell towers. American Tower, AMT, and SBA Com, um, Crown Castle, they get a ton of recurring revenue. When AT&T says, yeah, we want to sell this new phone and it's going to work on something fancy called 5G, we're like, well, put up the equipment. We use our towers. Put it right there, right next to that one. And then it stays up there for years and years and years. And these guys are, you know, 90% of their revenue is recurring. And that's pretty stable. There's no foreign currency exchange risks. There's no gasoline costs. There's no COVID up, COVID-19. Like, oh, we were just up on the cell tower and, oh, it's been ravaged by COVID-19. You should see it. I'm not making fun of this, by the way. I'm telling you, there's some sectors that aren't touched. And next year, if we want 5G or the year after, if we want 5G and the year after we want 6G or 7G or 8G, if you see a day and age where we're not sending data through the air, let me know. And that's when we'll short those stocks and say those stocks are pieces of P. You are nothing but P. Wells Fargo upgrading names in video games today to overweight. Activision Blizzard and Take-Two, those are probably two of my bigger farm kind of companies. I know you're saying, I don't like big farms. I like to get my chickens from like a small chicken ranch. I'm like... Yeah, I mean, not so much. I like mine tender. Tender and pumped full of water. <laughs> Kidding. Kidding for those of you who think I'm making fun of abusing animals. I'm not. So Activision, Take-Two are the big factory names. But there's also names that you could take a look at that I don't want to, but you can. Ubisoft. Uh, take yourself UBSFY. Oh, no, they're French. But that's okay. We're not going to hold that against them. In the game of, world of video games, they've got some product out there. But also names like Zynga, which you too can say it's a play on video games. More people are staying home. It's stunning how much money is being thrown into video games for 5, 10, 15 years ago because 
the big farm guys have kind of taken over the industry and pushed the price of video games up to 60, 70, 80, 90, $100 for the, in the production cost just to kind of like try to get the cost down, right? Elsewhere out there. So we see trends changing. We see them changing right in front of our eyes. Steve Mnuchin, Treasury Secretary, got on Fox Business and he's talking. 3,000 lenders are already participating in the Paycheck Protection Program. Administration wants to make sure critical supplies are made in the United States. You've heard a lot about 3M. Don't you dare send face masks to European countries when we need them here in the United States. I don't, that's weird for me, but uh, it's weird. I get it, but I, it's weird. It doesn't seem very American. Give us your poor, your hungry, your tired. But uh, I'm not I'm not smart enough to answer that one, right? So Mnuchin's <clears throat> talking about the economic stimulus. And he's doing a pretty good job of being the economic mouthpiece for Trump. Trump, Wall Street doesn't really like when he talks to the economy. Because he uses things that we don't understand, like bigly. So he sends Mnuchin out to do it. <clears throat> and he's talking about the system of, of getting the paycheck from the government or getting the you know the federal lending program. Talking about the banks. Um, talking about small business in particular. Bank of America was one of the first banks to get the small business loans up and running. And they basically said, we can't lend as much as people want because we're legally not allowed to. And Mnuchin's saying, let's break the rules. Um, President Trump is committed to asking Congress for additional funding. Small businesses should not worry if they cannot get their application preceded in the first few days. He's hopeful that Main Street Federal Reserve lending program will be implemented in shortly. Administration wants to make sure critical supplies are made in the United States. Certain parts of the economy will come back immediately and others will take longer. I think that's the most interesting line Mnuchin said this morning. And I think you should start thinking about that, especially when it comes to investing. Some of it will come back faster than others. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. I'm sitting in for CFP Chad Burton. Chad is taking everything day by day with his work schedule. He's extending himself. 12, 15-hour window. Sometimes recording a radio show the day before gets a little bit complicated, so he reaches out to me and says, hey, can you sit in for me? I know you're not going to say anything too stupid or too exciting. I get a lot of questions because I'm kind of more of a wealth creator and Chad's more of a wealth preserver. That's a very generic way of saying it, and that's not an insult in any way, shape, or form to either one of us. It's how we're kind of like lumping ourselves into the cookie-cutter world. Um... There's going to be, when we talk about business, there's going to be everything that happened up until February 2020 and then everything that happened after February 2020, and we need to kind of like get into that mentality. You may have liked a company pre-COVID. You may love it post-COVID, and that could shift around as well. There's one company that someone asked me to take a look at, and if you ever want me to look at a company, I'll gladly do it. It's called Wayfair. Wayfair is a furniture company. Now, there's a lot going on in that right of itself. Uh, Furniture company, how cyclical is that? Does that need people building homes? Does it need people going to college? Does it need to be a cheaper alternative to expensive furniture out there? The pottery barns of the world, it's expensive to get decent furniture. And it's embarrassing to get cheap furniture. 
hey, there's no shame in Ikea. The horse meatballs that they serve in their courtyard are yummy delicious. Mm. That was a thing for like nine months. Their supplier was giving them horse meat mixed with hamburger. Poor Mr. Ed. But anyway, Wayfair is a stock that I've been asked to look at. Up 8% today. 52-week high is clearly, you know, you're going back to February when the market was at a 52-week high. When the market's doing well, we have a little extra cash. We can sell some shares. We can get some new furniture. That's kind of the idea that we go with. This was a $165 stock, and it fell all the way to $53. So that's a big move. Peak, 162 Trough in this market condition, $53. Now, you're talking about being at a multi-year low, but before that, it had growth back in 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018. 2019 was a year of disappointment. Now, I don't know the furniture industry well enough, so I'm not a buyer. But if I were a buyer, they got some things going for them. Online retail. One more time. I'll say I'll say the word that's important really slowly. Online. Retail right now is kind of a mess. If you're at a mall, man, we don't want you. Not allowed to hang out at malls. It's and then it, when it gets to a mall, like I don't really want to go shopping for furniture, and I don't really want to go for shopping for furniture. I just want I want to stay at home and play video games. I just don't want to go furniture shopping. I hate furniture shopping, but I recognize the need for a coffee table. I'm okay doing it online. This company sells furniture, home decor, lighting pro- uh, products. You know, it's 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 in our home. Um, they also push appliances, cookware, outdoor items. They got eleven thousand suppliers and fifteen million customers. Now, in the last two years, it's gone twenty million customers. They've got a couple different websites: Josh and Maine, All Modern, Paragold, Birch Lane. Paragold's a name that I kind of heard of but didn't hear of. It was a relatively new furniture company starting post-2001, so it was right around 2002. Now, the interesting thing about it is it's fallen so far. So I think it is a candidate for a snapback trade if you believe a snapback's coming. Recently, the company came out and said, we feel okay with our numbers. Yesterday, if you were listening to the first part of the show, I was talking about all the depressing news out there. I, I could have thrown in Wayfair yesterday said, we expect to meet or exceed our first quarter guidance. In a market that doesn't have a lot of visibility, that is a poop ton of visibility. This company has just said, no matter what happens in the next 30 days, we expect to hit our first quarter numbers. They didn't quite say it that way. But you're also not in the business of, of telling Wall Street, oh, yeah, we expect to hit our numbers in 30 days later. It's like, oh, we missed those by a lot. We're so sorry. Thanks for having all your brokers buy our stock on our overconfidence 30 days ago. So there's a little bit of something going on there. And I get it. Now, looking back at the history of Wayfair, they were the company that is it's very hip with millennials because it's price sensitive. It's not as cheap as Ikea furniture. They help with the setup if need be. They've got some business model along those lines, right? Um, it's not too expensive and it's not too cheap. And ultimately, that can kind of work. That can kind of take a company pretty far in this day and age. Morgan Stanley downgraded Wayfair back on February 20th, and they should have. 
stock was way higher then, and they said revenue growth was decelerating. They had a bad quarter during the holiday season. They lowered their guidance. Now they're saying, we're going to hit that guidance. Again, a little bit too early for me, but if you're looking for a snapback trade, they're out there. But you need to do some work on snapback trades um, to see how comfortable you really are with them. Would you buy them in a worst-case scenario? Because sometimes that's what happens. You turn a trade, like I'm going to buy Apple right now because it's down 70 points from its all-time high, but yesterday was down 90 points from its all-time high, so I'm in, right? And then something bad happens, and consultant broker advisor for taking action on these stocks mentioned, I own shares of Apple, but like, let's say Tim Cook gets pancreatic disease. Super, where did that come from? And you're like, well, didn't that, well, Steve Jobs, maybe it runs at Apple. And you're like, you talk yourself out of owning it. Or the market says, like, we don't want anything to do with that stock ever again. And then suddenly you bought it as a trade snapback balance. It was so obvious you're left holding it as an investment. Be very cautious on that. I'm liking what we're seeing in the markets. I'm not getting overly greedy. I'm not getting overly fearful. I don't mind if the Dow goes to 18,000, 19,000, or 20,000. I don't mind testing lows. It's a good way of setting up a base. I'm Rob Black sitting in for CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. I've worked with him for a long time. You should too. Newfocusfinancial.com.